Can TCU find a way to slow down this potent Michigan rushing attack that has been giving teams fits all year long? We'll talk about that next on Lockdown Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked on Horn Frogs, please subscribe on YouTube. Uh, we're at 346 subscribers, I believe, so we're close to 350, getting closer to 400. Um, would love to just keep pushing that number up. Also, you can listen on your favorite po- podcast platform if you're tuning into the audio version of this and subscribe to that as well. You can follow me on Twitter, at SimcoxSteven. The show is at Locked on TCU. We've been talking a lot about the transfer portal and recruiting um, for TCU in the past few days, early signing day is six days away as I record this on Thursday morning. It'll be next Wednesday. Um, but there's a huge game against Michigan coming up. And we're going to start slowly kind of previewing this. And I'm going to sort of handle this by different matchups each day. Um, and we'll just kind of work our way through all the different possibilities and things that could happen in this game. But, you know, the biggest kind of matchup in my mind between these two teams. And if you want to comment on YouTube or tweet at me, um, if you disagree with this, that's fine, or throw something else out there that you think, no, I think this is what's going to prove the game. TCU has to find a way. Michigan runs the football so well. They run the ball so well. Um, so Blake Corum was their Heisman Trophy candidate for most of the year, got injured. He will not be available for this game, um, if you're wondering. He had over 1,400 yards rushing, 247 attempts, 1,463 yards, almost six yards of carry. But his replacement, Donovan Edwards, well, he has not done a bad job either. Um, 117 attempts, 872 yards, seven and a half yards per carry. So it's really about um, – I mean, these running backs are talented. Donovan Edwards is a talented player. I think they're different. Edwards seems to be more of a home run threat. You know, Corum I, I feel like was more consistent. Obviously, Corum also had a lot more carries. So – you know, that kind of plays into his consistency and his ability to grind out yards. But Edwards has been a great big play option for them this year. He knows how to run behind this offensive line. And that's really the key here. The Michigan offensive line won the Joe Moore Award. They are physical. This is what they do. This is Jim Harbaugh going back to what he did at Stanford, which was playing bully ball. And, I mean, it's what he's done at Michigan too. Um, But they want to bully people. They want to be physical. And TCU's been a physical football team this year. I know Michigan fans kind of laugh at that, um, but they have been. I mean, that's been one of their calling cards, at least in the Big 12. They've leaned on teams. They've been successful running the ball. They've been successful running the ball, especially in the second half and the fourth quarter behind their big interior offensive line um, with Steve Avila, who was an All-American, Alan Ali in the middle, and then, um, you know, Wes Harris in the middle there as well. And those have been the guys they kind of leaned on, along with Kendra Miller and Amari DiMercato, um, Amani Bailey at times. They also like to run the football. But this is what Michigan does. This is their identity. They're going to come out in a lot of heavy packages, a lot of two tight end sets. They're going to stack the line. You know what they're going to do. They're going to try to run the football, and they've done it effectively all year long. And so TCU has to find a way to try to put this game on the arm of J.J. McCarthy. And a big part of that is going to be um, can you get them in third and long? 
because Michigan wants to live in second and manageable and third and manageable where they have their whole playbook open. They can take deep shots down the field. They can work off play action or they can just continue running the football, which is what they do effectively and what they do so well. And so TCU is going to have to find a way to slow this down. And against Kansas State, I really thought they got beat up front on both sides of the ball. I think the offensive line struggled um, mainly in pass protection, even though they didn't run the football super effectively. And then the defensive line got pushed around. Deuce Vaughn, uh, he had a good game. And Deuce Vaughn's also a great back. He had 26 carries, 130 yards, five yards of carry and a touchdown. Now, uh, 44 of those yards were on a long touchdown run. But even if you take that out, you're talking about 25 carries for 85 yards or 86 yards, which is not like uh, necessarily game-breaking, you know, game-changing performance. But it's still effectively, you know, moving the clock, moving the chains, and getting Kansas State in those second down and third down and manageable situations they wanted to live in, and they did that well. So TCU is going to have to find a way um, to stop these guys and, and get some pressure and get some penetration um, through that offensive line, which is something that nobody has been able to really do super effectively all year. Now, one thing that TCU fans have brought up that I think is a good point um, is Texas, which I would say probably has the best offensive line in the Big 12. And, of course, Bijan Robinson is one of the best running backs in the nation. They held Bijan to 29 yards. Um, and it was the best performance the defense had all year. And they forced Quinn Ewers to make throws, and he wasn't able to do it effectively. And it was the best moment for this TCU team all year long. And I do feel like one advantage that TCU has is they can stack the box. Now, that doesn't mean you're automatically going to stop the run. It's not like I'm coming up with some you know, newfangled idea that nobody's tried. I'm sure a lot of teams have tried to stack the box against Michigan and, and haven't been super effective. But Travis Hodges-Tomlinson won the Thorpe Award. He's on. He's had an outstanding year. Um, Josh Fig Newton on the other side. He's had a great season. Now he gets picked on a little more because THT is so effective, and I think teams um, don't throw to him much, and they want to go the other direction. <clears throat> My point is, though, these are corners that can um, hold up in man coverage. Like I really feel like they can hold their own against these Michigan wide receivers and allow TCU to maybe commit some more bodies to the run game. Um, Ronnie Bell is Michigan's top wide receiver. He has 750 yards on the season. Cornelius Johnson's also a guy that's had a lot of big plays for them. Those two average 13 yards and 15 yards a catch, respectively. So they do have some players that can get down the field and make plays. <clears throat> but I trust TCU's corners. And maybe I'm wrong on that, but I will live with TCU getting beat over the top sometimes if it means that Travius and, and Josh um, – get man-to-man opportunities because I think they can I think they can play and I think they can hang with these Michigan wideouts. And so how do you find a way to slow down that running attack? And you're not – I mean, they're not going to hold Michigan to 30 yards rushing like they did Texas. But can you at least put them in more situations where they're forced to throw the football? That's going to be a huge key to that game. Um, you know, Johnny Hodges, hopefully he's fully healthy. I think this will be a game where he can be super effective. Uh, he struggles in coverage sometimes, but he's really good at getting downhill and making plays behind the line of scrimmage and making plays sideline to sideline in the run game. Um, Shad Banks, who has stepped in and has been really good for TC over the last few weeks, he's a big physical linebacker. This is the type of game where he could, you know, make some hay and, and get some things done, and hopefully he'll be effective. Mark Perry, I know he had a really tough pixel title game, you know, dropped some picks, uh, got shook by Deuce Vaughn in the open field. 
but he is a physical safety that can come down in the box and make tackles. And they have to find a way to tackle effectively and somehow throw this Michigan rushing attack down. It's going to be tough, but to me, that's going to tell the story of the game. If they get bullied up front, then it's going to be a long day for this TCU defense. And I'm also interested to see it's this kind of tightrope they're going to walk or this tricky thing where Joe Gillespie has – I mean, he likes running these three-man fronts, and that's what this defense is. And I understand they can manipulate things, and putting three down linemen doesn't automatically mean that teams are just going to run all over you. However, I do wonder, do you – you know, slide another guy on the outside or, or put somebody in the nine technique outside on the tackle or put another guy in the middle. Because my concern is with this O-line and the way they're able to communicate and the way they block so effectively, if they're able to just double team these D linemen and have the ability to get up to the second level freely without much resistance, I just think it's going to be really, really tough for this TCU team to stop this Michigan rushing attack. So I'm curious to see what Joe Gillespie um, does with the time he has to prepare to at least attempt to slow this down. But to me, that's going to tell the story of the game is can TCU slow down this Michigan rushing attack? And the problem is going to be you have to do it for four quarters. You have to do it in the second half because the Wolverines have been super effective in the second half of football games and in the fourth quarter because of their physicality. And TCU prides themselves on being a physical team. This is going to be their biggest test of the year in that regard. And, uh, yeah, we'll just have to kind of see how it plays out. When we come back, I want to get some of your comments from yesterday's podcast about the transfer portal and the potential players that could be heading to TCU. Before we do that, though, I do want to um, mention one of our sponsors here. And this is actually kind of a public service announcement, but, you know, holidays are going on right now. And I know a lot of you guys are traveling to holiday parties. You will be in the next few weeks over Christmas and New Year's. And it's just an important reminder, right? Like drive sober or get pulled over. Make sure you're not putting anyone in danger. Make sure that, um, you're being safe and keeping everyone safe on the roads out there. If you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks, if you can become too many quickly, uh, don't put off calling for a ride. If you're not sure, just go ahead and call for a ride. Find a way to get home safely. Um, take care of your business later on if you have to, but get home safely and make sure you're safe out there and you're keeping everyone safe on the roadways because uh, it's just such a, an easy thing to fall into of not being able to control yourself and hop in the car and big mistakes can be made. So in this holiday season, please remember to drive sober or get pulled over. That's brought to you by uh, the Texas association of public safety. Okay. So um, yesterday we talked a little bit about Chris Marshall, five-star wide receiver from Texas A&M. And there's some rumblings that he could be headed to TCU. He's got a visit actually with Ole Miss this weekend. And so I was, I was asking about, you know, the team, where they are, who they're trying to add in the portal. They're also um, having talks with JoJo Earl, uh, the wide receiver from Alabama, who's originally from Alito, Tommy Brockermeyer from Fort Worth All Saints originally, but he's from Alabama, trying to add to this O-line, trying to add to this receiver spot. And we got a few comments here. Craig said, it's a safe bet that any player in the portal is considering TCU would understand this team already has players good enough to go undefeated in the regular season. Um, So you might not get necessarily a starting position. You might have to be willing to play the backup role. Uh, Putting in high school players is one thing, but the portal players might require some quality analysis. Team balance can be tricky when you're dealing with kids. Yeah, it can be. I mean, I mentioned this yesterday. Chris Marshall got suspended a couple times at Texas A&M. And so I'm sure this coaching staff is well, I mean, I know they're well aware of it. I know they've um, looked at this from different angles and 
have now spoken with him since he had an official visit uh, and had an opportunity to kind of hear where he's at and where he's at mentally. But you don't want to disrupt. This team had really good chemistry this year. And, again, I think a lot of that is is winning, right? Like, you know, winning teams have good chemistry. They can buy in, not all the time, but in most cases. And when you lose, it's much tougher to do that. I remember being a part of a radio show where Coach Patterson came on um, before the 2021 season, and he was like, yeah, this team has the best chemistry I've seen since the Rose Bowl team. And so there was a lot of excitement around that group, and then they lost to SMU at home, and then everything kind of seemed – to go on the tank. And I was like, well, where was all this chemistry that you were talking about? And I mean, it's, it's just simply like when you're winning games, guys are bought in and A&M had a tough season this year. And I think some of these young players just didn't fully understand the commitment they had to make, even when things weren't going super well. But um, yeah, I mean, guys come in the portal, they want to play. And if you're bringing somebody in, they're looking to start. If they don't, I'm sure they're going to be disappointed, but you can't really control that. You just got to find the right players that are going to fit the schemes and systems and fit the personality type that you have, uh, and hopefully it'll all work out when you, you get everybody together. Um, Jacob said, let's go get some good wide receivers in the portal. I like the Alito kid. He's referring to JoJo Earl. And let's roll with Chandler or Sam. They've been loyal uh, to this team and let them have a chance like Max did. So, yeah, I've talked a little bit about you know the possibility of going and getting somebody as a QB out of the transfer portal. Um, but, I mean, Chandler Moore has won this job out of all camp. So, if Max Duggan leaves, I'm sure they have a ton of confidence in him to step in and play at a high level because they thought he could going into this season. Um, he just happened to get injured, and then Max took over, and, and the rest was kind of history. But they like Sam Jackson, too, and Sam's a dynamic player. I'm okay with the guys you have on your roster currently. I just wonder if everybody's going to be patient for another season, whether that means Max is coming back, you know, those guys wait around, or if Chandler wins the job, can Sam wait around? Again, that's something you can't control. And in a lot of ways, it's something you have to be reactive to instead of proactive. Um, but we'll see. You know, adding QBs in the portal is also hard because these guys want to play. And so will you add somebody who's okay, you know, being a backup? Um, Jack Daddy Slam, he got to see JoJo Earl firsthand at high school in Alito, and he's a huge fan. Uh, and then he was also talking about, um, oh, college football playoff merch because I was wearing my college football playoff merch yesterday. And so he mentioned that they're selling Max Duggan jerseys at the campus bookstore. So uh, I think those have been going pretty fast. And I haven't been super plugged into when they've been doing it. But yeah, it's pretty cool that with NIL now, there's those opportunities to get jerseys again. And then uh, Brian Caper said he's the guy that has 30 TCU t shirts hoodies and posters. He has an entire TCU room. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm not tech, I'm not really much of a merch guy, but I definitely respect people that have a lot of it and have a lot of memorabilia as well. Um, that's really cool. If I didn't have, you know, four children that took up all the rooms in my house, I might <laughs> maybe one day when they all move out and, and go to college, uh, I'll have a TCU room instead of, you know, just kids' rooms, which I have right now. Uh, we'll continue previewing this Michigan-TCU game tomorrow. This has been Locked On Horn Frogs. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team.